Wednesday night and uh, started again this morning and uh, began to look at those. And if you have your Bible and you wanted to point to the Beatitudes, we were, um, I don't see it on my remote, there it is, okay. And um, maintaining a Christian life. <clears throat> started at Wednesday night looking at the Beatitudes in a little bit of a different way, but hopefully recognizing the importance of those um, in our lives. Good to have all of you here. Good to have Kelsey here. I saw her this morning. Lord bless Kelsey Hall. Good to have her home. And uh, we're thankful she's here. Looking at, at the Beatitudes, and, and here is a, uh, a sense of how to maintain a Christian life, how to maintain a walk with God in a world that attacks your mind and your heart and your emotions and can be overwhelming at times. <clears throat> and how do you do that? And Jesus goes through in the book of Matthew and he talks about uh, blessed uh, to be blessed. And I know you heard me this morning if you were here and Wednesday if you were here, uh, how what we call blessed is not at all what these beatitudes portray. We call blessed as I, I got a raise, I made uh, another uh, <clears throat> sum of money, I whatever, I got something new, I'm blessed. I was able to pass a class, I did something, I'm blessed. And yet uh, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed uh, are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. And it's almost the reason I pointed out that um, that one is the kingdom of heaven, and then it shall be, and it, and it talks about you have to have this in order to have that. You have this and you shall be. Blessed are these. And then blessed are the merciful, blessed are the pure in heart, and blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God, and blessed are they which are persecuted, and it goes through uh, these blessings. And, and I, I, I used an illustration of a plant and talking about Christian growth and growth with God. And, and the reason I did is not only are there numerous examples, uh, the sower went forth to sow and he sowed seed and some fell on good ground and some fell on stony ground, some fell by the wayside. And it's talking about the word of God and getting the word in us to produce something out of us. And so when we look at the soil of our soul, and you notice what a seed does. First, it, uh, it goes in the ground, and there's a seed coat, and the ground is warm, and the water, and it begins to break forth out of that, 
And whichever end, it doesn't matter whether you planted it right side up, inside up, left side, right side, it begins to take a shoot out of it, sort of, but it actually, it doesn't shoot for the sky. You know where it starts going first? Straight down into the soil. And you would think that the sun, you would think that it would push for the soil, for the sky, but it doesn't. It pushes for the, the depth of the soil. And that becomes the first root, if you will. And as that root begins to develop, and as that root begins to gain strength, that root actually sort of forms some tentacles out of it. And then that root itself gets so strong that it is able to push that whole seed up out of the ground and then it starts what's called a shoot or the stem or the stalk or whatever what it will later be called but it begins to shoot that up out of the ground and then uh, of course leaves begin to form and later fruit is produced now i know many of you in here have had a garden many of you in here plant flowers and nobody that ever plants a flower or plants a tomato seed or a squash or I guess the exception to it is the carrot or something or a potato where you eat the roots or a peanut. But no one that plants a tomato seed or whatever goes in and goes, you know what, I don't really eat tomato plant roots. How many have ever eaten a root of a tomato plant? It's delicious. Most of us haven't. How many have eaten the root of a zucchini plant or a cucumber plant or a squash plant? Very few hands are going up. For those of you that are online, you can't see it, but I just don't see very many folks. You know, we, we just don't eat that many roots. But you can't get rid of them. And you got to have them if you want to eat a tomato. Amen. You can't cut the roots off if you're anticipating having a cucumber or a zucchini or whatever, fill in the blank. And even, of course, a carrot, if you cut the roots off before the root, you know, swells up and matures, and if you cut the leaves off, well, you can't say, well, I don't eat the top of carrots, so we'll just cut those off. Guess what? A carrot will never develop, even underground. And so what are you saying? I'm saying that you can say, well, I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to reach to the sky to pursue God. But if you don't have a good root system, Amen. all of that, is going to be for nothing. And so that's when we started talking about the roots. And first one was, blessed are the poor in spirit. And it was talking about being empty. 
coming to God with humility, coming to God and saying, Lord, I need you. And if you don't have a daily dose of, Lord, I need you, I need your spirit, I need your presence, I need you every day, I'm here to tell you, you will never develop the kind of of, of, of Christian character. If you say, well, I'm struggling. I'm struggling with temptation. I'm struggling with trying to live for God. If you don't start every day and end every day, Lord, I need your presence. I am poor in spirit. I need your spirit. I need your guidance. I need your direction. If you don't start it that way, you'll never be able to produce fruit. And so he, we went through that, and we talked about that on Wednesday night. And then we talked about this morning, blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. And I, I looked at mourning as a type of ownership, taking responsibility, taking ownership, if you will, and saying, you know what? Uh, he wasn't talking about natural mourning. He wasn't talking about sinful mourning. And I, I went through the difference of, uh, gave you some biblical references of, of, of sinful mourning and natural mourning and then what it means to have godly mourning. Because you see, I can be sorry, you know, I, and, and I can be sorry I got my hand caught in the cookie jar and I can be sorry and I can feel bad and I can feel terrible, but you know what? When you have godly mourning, you're saying, oh God, I need you. I need, your, I need to be in the center of your spirit and will and in your presence. And it's more than just simply, it turns me to repentance and it turns me to salvation. And every other kind of mourning just simply works death. It's what the Bible says in Corinthians. And it talked about, I talked this morning about repentance and I talked about the uh, Saul trying to talk, you know, in that sense saying, oh, I, I, uh, I, I, I'm sorry, Lord, I, I'm sorry. He didn't, he didn't talk about, he said, thy God. He said, Samuel, ask thy God. And, and we went through all of the differences of, of how Samuel and, and how Saul and versus how David repented. But when you say, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. What are you saying? I am here to tell you that if you want to have a good, productive, fruitful life of a, of a Christian, you want to have a life where you can produce fruit, then you're going to have to, on a daily basis, get those roots down in to say, Lord, I need you, and Lord, I need your forgiveness and your mercy. Because if you don't have those going on every day, before long, the plant gets top-heavy. If there's no roots, that's why you say, well, I, I want to think that I've got it all together. Well, he said first, first one was poor in spirit. Next one was mourning. And then, of course, the third root, the last root before we get to the shoot is blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Matthew 5 and 5. Now, what does it mean to be meek? A lot of people associate the word meek with things that it really is not by definition. <clears throat> by, by definition, you might think in terms of meek is, oh, hi, 
How are you? I don't want you. It's not meek. It doesn't mean you're meek. If you, you're timid, maybe, but not meek. You know, I don't want to say anything. But what does it mean? And you go back and you study the history of the word, it, and, and you, you trace it on back. It actually means to be able <coughs> to remove the hand. Uh, that's the old English part of it. What does that mean, to remove your hand? How does that turn out to be meek? Because it was, it was a definition associated with like when you have an animal so well trained that you no longer have to hold the reins. That they will do what they are told. They, they have given up control of their headstrongness going their way and they are willing to be directed by the rider. They're willing to follow whatever the case might be. Now, when you stop and think about that, how, where do we give up our control? Because everybody here has a will. Everybody here, you know, that's a part of our soul. And we're all at that point where, you know, I can't believe it. I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that. And I don't want this. And I, and I've never said those things. about what I don't want and what I don't want to have. And yet Jesus, as the great example, said at some point you've got to submit to God. Submit to God's will. And he went, even when you know it's going to be painful, horrible, that's why he prayed. And he went through and he said, not my will but thine be done. Moses, considered the meekest man, had a temper, went in to see Pharaoh, all of that. What was it? It was about the very fact that he kept doing what God wanted him to do. Oh, he was kicking and screaming sometimes. But he submitted to God's will. Obviously, what else do we submit to? The word of God. And I've had people say, well, you know, I don't think God meant this and I don't think God meant that. You're not being very meek. God said it. I believe it. That's why James wrote it like this. Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness and receive how? With meekness. The engrafted word. I want to tell you, the word, you won't take the word in and produce anything unless you do it with meekness. I've, I've tried to teach Bible study to people that know it all. I've said, well, let's just look at what the word says. Well, it doesn't matter what it says. I know what it meant. And you know what I say? God bless you. God told me what he meant by that. Okay. Hallelujah. If you don't have some meekness to receive the word, which is able to save your soul, and not only, of course, do we have to submit to his will, and we know that we're here on a Sunday night, and we submit to his will, and we submit to his word, but 
submitting to God's people. And that's the hardest one probably out of them, you know. I, I don't, you know, it's like Paul said it like this in Ephesians to the church. He said, don't get drunk with wine where it is excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in songs and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Wow. Philippians, second chapter. Let nothing be done through strife and vainglory, but having in lowliness of mind, let each esteem another, others better than themselves. And I understand, I, I, I'm not, you know, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. I'm not saying that you, just because somebody's in church and they tell you to do something and if it's not biblical and it's not according to the word of God, I get all of that. But it's meekness, you know, when, and <laughs> when somebody comes and says, you know, I think you should do A, B, C. And here, you know, folks are trying to help you and they're trying to encourage you and they try to give you, well, I don't, I don't have to listen to anybody. I don't have to. No, but that's what the beauty of being part of the body. He goes on. Now, so if you don't have meekness and if you don't have submission, and if you don't have <clears throat> humility, you're never going to have a shoot break forth up. See, you have roots, then you have a shoot. What is the shoot that's supposed to come out? Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What are you saying? If you don't have a spirit of humility, if you don't have that root, you go, well, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I don't not, I don't hunger to read the Bible. I don't have any, I don't have, I, it doesn't, I, I don't get into going to church and it's not in me. You know why? Because your root system isn't saying, oh, I need God. I need more of God. <laughs> when you start having that root system that says, I, I need God, I, I need God. Then all of a sudden, it's the shoot comes up that says, hunger and thirst after righteousness and they shall be filled. First Corinthians, the first chapter says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God made us unto wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He made us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. What are you saying? Do I hunger and thirst after doing what's right? Or do I hunger and thirst after doing my own will? If I'm having trouble figuring out what is my passion for, what is my hunger for, 
what is my desire for? Oh, I, my desire is, to, and I, I understand, you can have a lot of desires, you can have a lot of things that you want to do in life, you can have a lot of things that, that you want to feel a part of, but at some point, if you want to have a hunger, and a thirst after the righteousness. If you will get the roots working, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the meek, blessed are they that mourn. If you mourn for your sins, if you realize, you know what, I need more of God than I've ever, I need more of God this year than I had last year. I need to learn more, I need to have more, I need to grow more. Uh, what are you doing? I am digging my roots in. Then it produces a hunger and a thirst that I want more of him. That's why Paul said to Philippian church, I have found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through what? Faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. In other words, I realize I can't do this on my own. I need you, Lord. I, I can't get right enough. I, I, I can't have enough mercy. I can't be a kind enough. I can't be forgiving enough. I can't be loving enough. It takes it out of me. I need more of God. I need more of God. I need to submit more. I need to hunger for more. Why? I am hungry for the righteousness of God. That's why when we talked about, of course, last week, Easter, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness. I don't want to take a poll and how many can say they lived Last week was Easter. How many lived just seven days? Totally full of mercy and love. Hmm? Lord, I need you again. I need you again. It's not my righteousness that I hunger and thirst after. It's not about how good I am, about how good I look. That's why Paul said the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us. How? Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And yet, how many of us have ever walked after the flesh? <laughs> and before long, our flesh gets in the way. But you know what? That's when we come back to Lord. I need my roots to go back down in you. I need, Lord, more of you. I need more, Lord. I need, why? Because I am hungering. I am looking forward. I am looking up. I am pressing my way into the presence of the Lord. If you don't start developing your root system, you will never push forward into the presence of Almighty God. You can come and I, I am not against it. I, I am thankful for praise and I am thankful for worship. And you can, you can clap and raise your hands. But if there's no roots, you'll have a hard time withstanding because I, I may finish it, try to finish it Wednesday. I don't know. But you'll notice these Beatitudes, blessed, 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 blessed. And then it goes, you're even blessed when you're persecuted. 
How do you withstand persecution? The only way to handle persecution is you have strong roots. The only way to handle what's coming later, Jesus said, is that you've got these things developing and that you're hungering and thirsting after righteousness. Because when you start saying, Lord, I need you more than anything. It's not about me. Oh, I'm mourning over my sin. I'm mourning over my loss. It's not a natural mourning. It's not sinful mourning. And I, I, I told you, I confessed I've had sinful mourning plenty of times. I mean it. Lord, I can't believe I, I was so stupid. I, I can't believe they did. I can't believe I. Who's the focus on? Godly morning says, Lord, I need you. I need that presence. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand.